solo today. This is James Edwards, Pistons beat writer for The Athletic, if you're a first-time listener. Um, the, the pod was supposed to come out yesterday. I messed up. Well, I, I don't want to say I messed up, but Vegas got the best of me when I got home. I had a red-eye flight Monday night, got in at about 6 a.m., got back to my home about 7 a.m., laid in bed, didn't think I'd fall asleep. I slept on the plane the entire time, thought I was good, threw on Martin, scrolling through my phone. Next thing I know, it's 4 p.m., 4 p.m., and I look at my phone, and Nick texted me at 8.35 a.m., ready to pod. So, I am the reason you are getting a solo podcast right now. Nick had stuff to do last night, um, and he's busy this morning. And I kept telling I kept telling people on Twitter and everything that the pod would be out today. So I just decided to do a solo pod. Apologize um, if I apologize that you have to just listen to me and my voice because I wouldn't want to listen to this. Uh, but I appreciate you for listening. So where do we start? You guys, I'm sitting here asking you guys like I'm talking to a crowd. I'm in my office looking at a Sean Livingston and Ronaldinho jersey. Um, let's start with the beef stew extension. On Monday, news broke that they agreed to a four-year, $60 million extension. Uh, it can get up to $64 million with bonuses and incentives. The deal was officially signed on Tuesday. Um, if you've been following along at The Athletic, if you've been listening to this pod for uh, even the last few months, the extension should not come as a surprise to you. Um, I, I've written many times, talked about it many times. This was more likely than him being traded, right? There was those rumors going around um, throughout the summer that I think people just assumed that Isaiah Stewart was gettable because the Pistons have kind of prioritized Wiseman Duran. They signed Bagley last summer. I think kind of the general narrative outside of Detroit, or at least outside of this podcast, was that Stu was gettable. Um, also, with that, teams around the NBA have long liked Stu. I, I think I've said it on this pod before. When the Pistons got Stu, there were offers from other teams to to get him. Uh, Boston pursued him this year. There's There's been teams trying to get him. So I, I think that's where that came from. But um, we've talked about multiple times Troy's belief in Isaiah Stewart, um, the importance he sees Isaiah Stewart, the importance of Isaiah Stewart's role on this specific team at this specific time, outside of just being like a guy who potentially could unlock the rebuild if the three-point shooting at the four spot is legitimate, um, if he continues to to grow as a as a versatile defender, but just what he means to the players, uh, just kind of the the pride he plays with, the toughness he plays with, 
the way he carries himself. Uh, this was, I mean, Troy, uh, if you ever run into Troy, I'm sure he'll tell you how much he loves Isaiah Stewart. So no surprise to me. I hope no surprise to you guys if you're a, if you're a BNC listener. Um, the money, let's talk about that. I'm I'm fine. I'm I think it's a good number. I think it's a good number. Think about it like this. By the time the extension kicks in, um the cap is supposed to rise by 10% annually. Um a 15 million annual hit, which is what Stu's contract comes out to, will be less than 10% of the cap with within 2 years. So the the extension kicks in next year. Uh, he still plays on his rookie deal this season, and then the year after that, the extension kicks in. So if you wanted some perspective to where that fits in in the cap, uh, there you go. You look around the league, when Nas Reed signed his deal for average about $14 million, I, I think I tweeted out this is about where you kind of could look for a ballpark range for Isaiah Stewart. Grant Williams is about 13 and a half, 14. Um Bobby Portis, I think, is 11, 12, 13, something like that. So, Stewart is the youngest of those guys, um, least proven, but he has shown flashes, obviously. So, the number made sense. And then you factor in the fact that he was in the draft that really kick-started the true rebuild for the organization. You'd imagine that the front office would want something to show for that first inaugural draft, right? Uh, Sadiq Bey has since been traded. Killian Hayes' future is up in the air. Leaves Isaiah Stewart, um, who I think, and you can argue whether you agree or disagree, whatever, it may not be like night and day improvements. Like he didn't go from a number 16 pick to an all-star. But you could really make the case that of – most of the people on this roster, he's shown the most strides in his development, right? Hasn't always come together as a package. You see one thing in one game, another thing in another. But you see different stuff in comparison to where he was in college, even where he was as a rookie in the NBA. Um, and, yes, that he's even factoring in Cade, who obviously is a tremendous player. But we didn't get to see him this year, Right. He's going to get better. He's going to be, I've, I've told you before, I think Kate has the potential to be a top 15 player in this league. Jaden Ivey got better throughout all of last season. Uh, but when you look at incremental improvements in different parts of their game or improvements, noticeable improvements in different areas of their game, I would say Stu is up there with, with anybody, even if it's not as loud as a Jaden Ivey or uh, Jalen Duran. It, 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 I think there has been more variance or not variance. I don't think that's the right word. There has been more variety in his development, even if it's a little bit more minuscule in comparison to others, right? So at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that if you're in the camp of can will a player live up to the contract? Will he exceed the contract? I, I think we can all agree that the three ball is going to determine that in this situation. I've long said, and this is before even any extension talks were talked about, mentioned, considered, smelled, sniffed, anywhere in the vicinity of happening, that I believe in the three-point shot. Um, 
after last season, I believe it. In, I believe it in it even more. He finished last year at about 33% on four attempts per game, which, as we've talked about ad nauseum, and everybody's talked about the first time he shot volume threes in his entire life. Obviously, 33% isn't a number to write home about, but when you're doing it for the first time in your life at that volume, I think that's pretty impressive and signals that there is something there to unlock, right? I I also think that if he was able to get to 70 games, that he probably ends up hovering around 35%, 36%. In in November, he shot 51% from three for the entire month. Probably an outlier, right? Not many players shoot 51% for an entire month. Uh, Conversely, in January, he shot 11% from three the entire month. He's not an 11% three-point shooter. You look at the months in between, 36, 33, flirting with league average, makes more sense for a guy shooting who has a nice shooting touch and is shooting for the first time in his life. But even if you look in the four games before he went down due to the shoulder injury for the rest of the year, um, he was over 50% over the final four games. So he was starting to trend back upwards. He had got out of that shooting funk, which you have to remember is the first shooting funk he's ever endured in his life. Um, so you, you talk about not only the the dip in numbers, but probably the psychological effect that comes with that. So I, I'm of the belief that if he's able to get you to 70 games, he probably finishes around 35, 36% from three. You can agree, you can disagree. That's just how I felt, just based on what he showed, where it was going, um, and the opportunities he would have had to end the season. And I think if he finishes around 35% in his first year shooting volume threes, the conversation's a little bit different. The outlook, the optimism from from fans when it comes to three-point shooting is a little different, right? So that's just where I land. I've always believed in the shot. Even before he took them, I continue to believe in the shot. And I think sneakily it could unlock kind of the immediate the immediacy of the Pistons' rebuild. If he's able to play the floor by spacing the floor, by being able to take advantage when guys close out on him, I think he's he hasn't always been able to show it because the closeouts haven't always been there, but when they are there, he's shown to make the right read, right? Uh, the sample sizes are just too small. Defensively, I think he's as versatile as a defender as there is on the team. I think he can guard one through four with great uh, consistency or at least make guys work in those positions. Obviously can guard the five depending on the matchup, just given that he is undersized. So there's versatility there, right? When you look at Stu and and you kind of wonder what the end product looks like and you watch the NBA playoffs, you watch basketball at its most intense form, you see a world where it's going to be – it could be hard to play Stu off the floor. You see teams in the playoffs try to hunt big men and try to put them in vulnerable situations and it ends up with guys not being able to play as much. We see it every year. With Stu, I see a guy with the potential to be pretty hard to play off the floor because he moves his feet well, because I believe in the shot, uh, because I do think he plays the right way. And you have to remember he's only 22. Um, I believe there were four or five guys drafted in the first round of this year's draft older than Isaiah, and he's entering year four. So there's a lot of room to grow. And um, if you're going to bet the bank on one guy doing everything he can to get better, it's Isaiah Stewart, right? 
just based on obviously I get to see every day. I see the work he puts in. I hear stories. I, I X Y Z. That's my job. I'm around the team every day. You guys might just maybe get tired with hearing that because you don't get to see it with your own eyes. But it is very much real. It is true. He he puts in the work, and like I said earlier, I think it's pretty obvious just based on even if you want to call it incremental growth in certain areas of his game. I think that shows it right there. So, um, I have no issue with the number. I have reported the day that the extension was announced that teams around the league kind of valued Stewart from around 11 to 14 million on the higher end um, per year. So the Pistons go to 15. Um, they go a little bit higher to keep their guy to reward. The intangibles he brings to reward the development he's shown and primarily to sh- continue to show belief in what Isaiah can become. I talked to Isaiah on the phone yesterday. There's the stories up on The Athletic. And my favorite quote from, from him, from the entire thing was, I told Troy, and I'm paraphrasing, I told Troy my goal has always been to prove him right. That, to me, has always been pretty obvious with Isaiah Stewart. When he was drafted, he there were pundits and, and people on TV, writers that, that questioned the pick, that questioned taking a, a bruising big man who was undersized, didn't space the floor in college or high school, and played in his own defense at Washington. They weren't sure if he could cover in space. They didn't understand why that was a top 16 pick. Isaiah saw, read, heard all that, and it, he's talked about it before. He's, he's, it's very evident when you bring up those early kind of pre-draft process things, how much it bothered him that people said he couldn't guard on the perimeter. And Troy obviously is very close with Mike Hopkins, who was Isaiah's coach at college at Washington. Um, they both saw a guy who could do more, even if he wasn't able to show it in college. So that's always stuck with him. And he said to me, he said, now his goal is to outplay the contract and continue to prove Troy and himself right. So you like the mindset. I think when you talk to most young players who sign a deal for the first time, the motivation only enhances because now you have to prove that you're worth that money. I'm sure, well, I know for a fact, Isaiah's on Twitter he sees if anybody says that he's overpaid X, Y, and Z. He sees it, and I know Isaiah, and that's extra motivation. So, listen, I'm I'm not on this microphone saying he's going to be all NBA and all star. I'm saying that I have long believed that there is something there to unlock. It starts with the three ball. I believe with the three ball in the three ball. Um, I just think if you're able to get a guy who's able to transition to the four can get you to about 36% or better from three and can be a versatile defender that goes a long way, not only in the regular season, but when basketball matters in the playoffs. He hasn't done it consistently yet, um, but I think I think he'll get there. I've long said that, um, and now it's time to put it all together right. So Isaiah Stewart gets the extension. Uh, you can go read the piece on The Athletic where I talked to him um, just to get his thoughts on not only uh, what it means to him to get the extension, 
uh, if he sees himself as a four or a five. I didn't put this part in there, but he said he didn't lose weight. I know I saw I saw him in Vegas. He looked a little he looked leaner to me, like not like he looked like he just leaned up. It looked like he lost. I don't want to say like baby fat or anything like that, but it looked like he leaned up. He said he added muscle. He said when he looks on the scale, it doesn't look like he, he doesn't it doesn't say he lost weight. Um, he just said he, he he leaned up and added muscle. So for people who also maybe saw photos of him and thought he might have lost weight, he says he didn't. He says he didn't. He said he just added muscle. So that couple week mystery is now solved. Um, anything else on the extension that I'm missing? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. So it kicks in after next, after the season that's coming up, uh, which next summer Cade will be eligible for an extension, which will be fascinating just depending on how this year plays out. If he's able to play the whole season and be what at least I think he can be no question max. Right. Um, but up into this point, they need him to play more and he will suit barring injury obviously will play more. Um, I, I don't think there's any question that Kate ends up getting a max extension next summer. Um, Wiseman and both Killian are el- uh, extension eligible, eligible this summer. I don't see that happening for either one. I don't see them getting extensions uh, at all leading into the season. I think both of those guys go into free agency next summer as, as restricted free agents. So that'll be something to keep an eye on uh, leading up to the season and as it per, as it pertains to trades and and things like that. Um, I do think that the Pistons have a move or two to make. We'll talk about that after this break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, so so one thing I, I do want to talk about before we get into the trades, and it goes into the trades. I think a lot of people that, if you had an issue with the Beach Stew extension, I think you're probably able to look at it differently if Marvin Bagley wasn't making $12 million a year, right? There's obviously all the center jokes um, for the team. They got Wiseman, Dern, who... They're trying to see what they got there. Bagley got paid last summer. Stu just got paid. I think you're. I think it's more palpable if you're a fan if if Bagley isn't on the twelve million a year deal. And you're and that's totally fair. And I agree, right? I agree that Bagley was probably just based on what he had done and the lack of games he had played up until that point. That twelve million was very gracious for him. Now, with that said, I think. That's probably been the biggest critique. That deal specifically has probably been the biggest critique of Troy's tenure. Um, it's also not a move that punishes the organization deeply, right? Like it's not in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. It's just probably it was just probably unnecessary, right? And I think 
let me let me put it like this. First year GM traded for the guy. Um, first of all, I believe Marvin Bagley is an NBA player. Like that's not the question. It's a matter of the money and who were they bidding against and, and things of that nature. I think that first time GM maybe if that make mistakes, right? Like nobody bats a hundred percent in their job. Um, me included, you included, the president included, uh, a doctor included, like everybody makes mistakes in their job. Some are more life and death than others. Right. I think that the Pistons would probably admit that they got trigger happy with the Bagley deal. It was maybe not necessary to do particularly for that amount of money. And it was a mistake. I think, I think they would probably say that if they did it over again, and again, I don't know who was bidding for Marvin Bagley. So maybe there were bidders. I don't know. Um, but based on how things have played out since that signing, I'm sure there's, there would, there would like to be a do over. Right. So I say that to say, I think Isaiah's contract is if you had an issue with it, or if you think it's too much or whatever you thought you look at it differently. If Bagley's not on the team or if Bagley's not making 12 million a year. Right. Also, and I think I said on this pod before, that was the baseline for a Stewart deal. They gave Bagley $12 million that set the market for Stewart, who maybe isn't as good of a scorer, right? But you believe in the upside offensively, the ability to space the floor, but is a better defender. And was drafted by the team and younger. So that's the baseline. Isaiah Stewart's agent is walking into any meeting, pointing at the Bagley contract and saying, we're starting here, right? That's just the the corner that the push, the Pistons push themselves into by giving Bagley $12 million a year. The conversation for Stewart started there. So um, I do think that there will be a trade or two this summer. Um, I think that one thing I find interesting is the Grant Williams sign and trade that hasn't been announced yet. And and maybe it'll be announced by the time I put this pot out, but that hasn't been announced. And that usually means that other teams are maybe getting involved in that. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on. Not saying Grant Williams is going to Dallas. I'm saying there could be more teams involved in that. I think that's a possibility, right? So keep an eye on that just because that hasn't been announced officially yet, which is weird. And that usually means that it could be opened up to more teams. Um, I don't think that the team has a log jam outside of the front court. I think they have guards, depth at guards, depth on the wing, uh, unproven in, in, in some of those spots, but depth nonetheless. So I think at some point, one of the front court guys will be moved if not two of them, I mean, not two of them, I'm sorry. One of the front court guys will be moved at some point. 
this season. I believe. I don't know that to be fact. I don't know if there's a deal on the table. I don't. I'm, this is just how I feel. If they're able to move one of the front court guys, and I think it's one of the front court guys not named Stewart or Duran, I think that'll be capitalized upon. Again, just a feeling, just a hunch. Everything else on the roster, I'd, I, I think having depth is good. Having more shooting is good. Having more ball handlers is good. At this point, it's like the cream rise to the top. No more just because you're young, you're playing. If a guy, if a Monty Morris outperforms Killian and Marcus Sasser, Monty Morris is playing. If a Sar Thompson outplays Joe Harris and Isaiah Livers, the Sar Thompson's playing. If Isaiah Livers shoots and defends better than Bogey and Joe Harris, he's playing. I think that's just where they're at. It's it's time to take the, the kitty gloves off. So it'll be fascinating. I think camp will be – there will be a lot of competition at camp this year, not only to prove that they're worthy of the rotation, but I also think to prove that they're worthy of staying in Detroit because there are moves that can be made. I think there are – there is overlap. While I like the depth, there is overlap. So there are moves to be made. Um and I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see how the next few months play out for Detroit leading into leading into October. Gosh, I hate doing the pod solo. I just feel like I sound terrible. I feel like it's boring. I feel like I host like WKJZ sexy hour. Like I'm just playing R&B all night right now. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it's not unbearable. Nick, I miss you. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk Summer League so far. All right, I'm recording this on the day that the Pistons are playing their third Summer League game. Uh, It is my understanding that Jaden Ivey is done for the rest of Summer League. But it has not been announced. I'm back in Detroit. I'm not in Las Vegas. I'm back in Detroit. It is my belief, though, that Ivey at least is done. Um, at least Ivy is done for the rest of summer league. Um, so I primarily want to focus on the first two games. What I saw, I wrote a piece on the athletic um, following the first two games. So you can go check that out if you're if you're into written form. And I'll, I went into a little bit more detail there than I will here. But they lose to Houston in game two. They beat Orlando in game one. Didn't think they played great in either one as a collective, but that's fine. It's summer league. They're using the two bigs. Uh, Isaiah Livers was not available the first two games due to, per- due to personal reasons. Uh, but they did. They are one and one as I'm recording this, if you care about summer league record. I think they play today at 6 p.m. Eastern time. They play the Raptors. So uh, if you were wondering when their next game was, now you know. Uh, to me, the biggest... The biggest takeaway is Asar Thompson. Very impressed with Asar Thompson. Um, His ability to impact the game in several different areas from the wing spot is just something that I, and I've been covering this team for, I just finished my sixth season. I can't think, particularly, particularly a young prospect, but I can't think of, a wing that's been able to have his hand in so many different areas successfully in Detroit. The rebounding has been off the charts. Very good. 
And if you follow the Pistons, you know that they've really struggled to rebound outside the front court. That's a that's a very big need. Blocking shots defensively, making guys work. Um, and he almost looks like he's not breaking a sweat when he plays defensively. Just the way he moves his feet, he anticipates where guys are going, anticipates shots going up. Like he just has great defensive instincts. And my biggest question going into summer league was, will his defense translate immediately? Because that was how he was going to see the floor. That's how he was going to break into the rotation. And again, I know it's just summer league, but I am, I walked away from the first two games confident that Asar's defense will translate immediately. Um, the way he runs in transition, the way he gets out, the way he sees the floor, um, makes the right read, see, anticipates a read. The only, really, the only thing that I, he struggled with is the shooting. And you haven't even really seen him take any spot-up threes. I think he maybe took one or two in the first two games, missed them both. Got into a couple pull-up middies that he did look uncomfortable taking. But that's not going to really be his shot the first year or two in the league, right? Like, that's not what he's going to be out there doing often. Uh, he's, I don't think he'll, as a tertiary creator at best, if he starts, I don't see him in situations where he's going to be utilizing the pull-up midi too often. But he is going to have to be a spot up three guy. He's going to be able to. He's going to have to be able to, at some point in his career, obviously for the Pistons, sooner, hopefully sooner rather than later, he's going to need to shoot the ball when he's open and hit it effectively. I actually kind of believe in the shot. I think earlier on than more do. Like I, his shot, it's not perfectly looking by any means, but it's not bad. Like it's his brother's, it looks bad. Um. Asar's is very much, it's compact. It looks like a guy who learned how to shoot, who couldn't shoot from like the best shot doctor in the world. Like it looks like it's, it's too technical, but like not in like a Clay Thompson, Steph Curry way where like Clay's looks technically perfect, but it's also looks natural. Asar's looks like very technical, but it doesn't look natural. Right. So I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my brain. Like Clay has a textbook, beautiful jump shot, but it also looks natural. It doesn't look robotic. It doesn't look, it just looks like he's, he dropped his shoulders. He's relaxed. Like it looks like a guy who's been a shooter his whole life. While a SARS looks technical, like he needed some work to get to where it is. It looks, it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look bad. It looks very fundamentally sound, but it doesn't look natural, right? So that's the thing. I, I, I think as he gets more comfortable shooting, I think he has an advantage of having already played with the NBA three-point line in comparison to some of his classmates in the draft. Um, obviously, it does not mean he's a better shooter than some of those guys and that some guys won't come in and shoot better than him. I'm not saying that, obviously. I'm saying that there won't be the surprise of the three-point line distance, which is something that I talk to rookies about all the time, and it is an adjustment period for them. Uh I, I do think Asar will – I wouldn't – I'm not – I could see a world where he's low 30s from three. On, and that's, again, obviously not good, but I think there are a lot of people who think he's just going to be absolutely abysmal from three. Um, I could see a world where he's low 30s his rookie year. So we'll see. We'll find out. Um, the way he played was a standout for me so far. Um, Duran doing stuff off the dribble, showing some some jump shot stuff. Very good in the summer league setting. Very cool to see. Can't imagine he'll have the green light to do a lot of that stuff in the regular season, but it's good to see. 
um, him trying stuff and having success. He's had like a running floater off the glass. That's like he hit a couple times that it's always good to have alternative ways to finish around the rim, especially when you're being guarded by big guys. Um, wanted to see a little bit more. I want to see him dominate defensively. I'm not sure if he's done or not, but I do just think that there are shots around the rim that he is just so physically gifted and such a smart player that he should be able to get his hands on more. Um, and I wanted to see that at summer league. Haven't really seen it yet. He's had block shots, but I feel like with some of the shots you see that are that are put up around him, at some point in his career, he's going to get some of those more regularly. Uh, it just hasn't been the case yet. So if he keep, continues to play uh, the rest of the time out there in Las Vegas, that's what I'm primarily watching with him. Wiseman doing Wiseman things. He can score on the low post. Uh, he's posting up a lot. I'd like to see him set more screens. Uh, defensively, he's had moments where he's gotten big and 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 blocked some shots. Other times where he looks a little bit out of where he looks out of out of place, kind of looks like he's processing a little too slow. He's looked like James Wiseman so far. There's been flashes. There's been stuff where it's like, okay, he really has to improve here to to make it and to reach that potential. Ivy, absolutely no worries about Ivy. You guys, I know people were freaking out because he did not play well in the first game. I thought he was solid in the second game. Very much dictating the, more dictating the pace um, in a constructive way the second game in comparison to the first. Getting guys involved, hitting his jump shot, had some good defensive moments. He got ripped Cam Whitmore at half court and one on one, which I did a Q and A with Jaden um, on Thursday. So I know I'm just plugging a bunch of my stories, but I don't know how busy people were this past week. If you want to read a one on one interview with Jaden Ivy, I did one and it's up on the athletic as well. But big thing for him was getting better defensively. He said he played a lot of one, did a lot of one on one situations because that comes with pride. Like you have, it's mano y mano. Um, you have to take, take pride in that assignment. And defense was a big emphasis for him. It's something he kept bringing up in our interview. So go check that out if you haven't seen it. And he had some good on ball defensive moments. Off the ball, he fell asleep a few times, uh, got caught, got caught slipping, and it's something that he'll have to lock in on that end or in that aspect as well as as the season goes on. But I do think there are the tools there to be an effective on-ball defender. Like he's too physically gifted uh, not to be. It's just a matter of want, right? So, um, anything else? Like I said, yeah, Isaiah Livers hasn't not played the first two games due to per, due to personal reasons. Um. Buddy Bayheim is shot in the blood out of the ball, but he's no longer technically on the Pistons' main roster in either two-way spot or main roster spot. Um, anything else I'm missing? Marcus Sasser just seems like he's trying to get in where he fits in right now, uh, playing alongside Ivy. Seems like he's taking a back seat. He's had some, he's had some moments. Don't get me wrong. Just his ability to create a shot, his ability to to hit the spot up three. Um. He's Marcus Sasser to me is going to be fine. You guys know I'm, I was high on Sasser in college. We talked about him throughout the whole pre-draft process. I think he's going to be fine when he gets in the structure of the Pistons, when his role is defined, when he's able to be the primary ball handler off the bench or secondary ball handler off the bench, and he's got some experience, got his legs under him. I think he's going to be fine. Um, his shot is low, though. If you watch – Watch watch today's game or the next the final game or if they make the playoffs, if you haven't noticed it yet. He does start his shooting motion from about his knees and brings it up. And it's a beautiful looking shot. I just wonder if they're gonna at some point try to bring the starting point up higher. Um 
if he has issues getting his shot off once the regular season comes around. It is it does start low. It does start around the knees. And I noticed it in college, but you can get away with that in college. Uh, but it's something that hasn't been addressed up until this point. Uh, the shot does start low. It hasn't really affected him in a negative way yet. But you know how this league is. Uh, you guys know how, how long and athletic these guys are. It could be an issue come the regular season. We'll find out. But just one thing I noticed on him. Uh, I'm not worried about Marcus Sasser. I think he's going to be a fine player uh, for a long time. So that's it for me. We talked Stu extension. Uh, thoughts on Summer League. Vegas, I'm glad to be home. It is just, it's a lot, man. Six days in Vegas. I got in Wednesday. Left Monday night. They practiced Thursday, Friday. Played Saturday, Sunday. It's just a lot, man. So many NBA people, teams, the league, colleagues and coworkers you haven't seen. Just your arms and legs being stretched in every direction. You want to get dinner? You want to get dinner? Let's go to this spot. Let's go to this spot. You got to write. You need to rest. It's just one big NBA party. And it's... it's I just can't wait till the day they move. I can't wait for the day that they move Vegas, summer league. It's it's ridiculous to me that they preach save your money, don't mess around with all these women, be smart. You're making all this money, don't spend it. And then the first place they send rookies is Las Vegas, Nevada, city of sin, as they call it. Like the hottest place in the country in July. Why? It's hot everywhere. I got home last night. It was 86 degrees in Michigan. Let's have summer league in Michigan. It's I'll take 86 degrees and sunny all day over 108. Who wants that? No one. No one wants that. No one. Let's move Summer League. When Vegas gets a team, let's move Summer League. My vote is Chicago. Not because it's only a 45-minute flight for me. But it doesn't get overly hot. There's stuff to do. You don't you don't feed into the temptations, right? My vote is Chicago Summer League. Let's make Chicago the hub of NBA offseason. You do the combine there. You do the draft there. You do the Summer League there. Chicago, I'm with you. I love you. You should be the hub of the NBA summers, not Las Vegas. Um, who would I – let's see. Did I see anybody random? I ran. I saw Ray Allen. Scotty Burns sat in front of me on my flight home to Detroit. Hold on one second. I have to sneeze. <coughs> Bless me. Yes. Scotty Barnes sat in front of me on the flight to Detroit. Yes, I was in first class. Um, anybody else? I saw – Hmm. Did I see anybody else just random in Vegas that was out there? I went to Urban Necessities for my sneakerheads that listen. I went to Urban Necessities. Bunch of sneaker stores in Vegas. I only made one pickup. I got the Jordan 4 Nike SB Pine Greens, which I had when they came out, but I got too big of a size, so I ended up selling them. Um, and then I got my size while I'm out here in Vegas. Shout out to the homies in Clawson. Clawson, Michigan, Vintage Vault. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Dill. They're hooking me. I'm getting the Action Bronson New Balances today. I'm so excited. I have not been able to get my hands on those since those came out, but I'm getting those today. So shout out to Vintage Vault. If you're in the Detroit area, 
Uh, if you pass through Clawson, go check out Vintage Vault Clawson. If you're a sneakerhead, um, they have re- they have vintage sports shirts, vintage music shirts, sneakers. It's a great store. Go check out Vintage Vault. Um, had a great time catching up with my NBA media friends. Obviously, my athletic people. Um, I can go on and name all those people. Uh, good to see people outside of it though. Like obviously, C.J. Holmes in the Bay, Maddie in the Bay. Uh, you guys don't care about this. All right, I'm getting out of here. Next week, I'm going to be off all next week, but we may do a pod because Nick's upset that he can't record with me today. So we may do a pod still, but I'm going to be I'm going to hibernate for a week or two. Um, I need some time off because I was able to take a week off right when the season ended, but then. The money process, the head coaching hiring process lasted a while. That went right into the combine. That went right into the draft. And then we're right into summer league. I haven't really been able to take time off. So um, I think things will be slow coming up. I think there's a chance there could be. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade in the next week or two. I'm not reporting that. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just wouldn't be surprised. Um, So I'll pop up out of out of out of my hole if that's the case but if not i'm probably going to take a week or two off to to recharge and and relax so i hope this pod was not unbearable i hope did you not you do not hate just listening to me because i hate listening to my voice i will not listen i never listen back to our pods but i definitely will not be listening back to this one um yeah thank you guys for listening we'll be back as normal enjoy your week kind be nice Go outside, please go outside. Peace.